welcome to another book on the shelf. I'm Jet. And I'm Jen. And we are here to talk about books. Uh, Sometimes we talk about writing. Uh, Mostly it's books. Today, uh, for episode 48, it is going to be books and a movie. Yeah. Uh, We've had a couple episodes where we've kind of done, you know, the adaptation discussion. Because that's kind of one of my favorite. Is it a genre? I don't know. I'm... I mean, it's a fun little, like, something, right? I don't know. It's like a category? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but certainly uh, in film school, we did a lot of studying of just, like, film and literature and stuff like that. So today we're going to be talking about Mystic River. Uh, the novel is by Dennis Lehane, and the film is by Clint Eastwood. I chose this, of course, uh, if you have been here for a while you know that he's one of my favorite authors I also remember when this film came out it was just after I'd finished film school I think like that fall maybe and it obviously has like a massive cast oh yeah and one like well it didn't win like tons of awards but it was nominated for a lot of stuff and it did win a few large awards it did it was oh. funny when I was watching it, I had forgotten just how many people are actually in it. Like, obviously, I remembered the main three mm-hmm. guys. But then I was like, whoa, she's in it. Whoa, she's in it. Oh, my God, he's in it, too. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. Like, aside from the, like, super tertiary characters, like, everybody is somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, number one, check out our episode on favorite authors. Yes. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes. And yeah, so Dennis Lehane is from Boston, which is obviously <laughs> part of the reason why I love him. Uh, he <laughs> uh, was born in 1965. He's published more than a dozen novels. Uh, he actually has a series, like a mystery series, uh, following uh, the Kinsey and Gennaro. They're sort of, sort of private detectives, I want to say. And... And then this one, and so many, so many others. Oh, so many others. <laughs> because again, like a lot of his books are actually adapted into films. It's not just Mystic River. Mm-hmm. A lot that people have probably heard of, like uh, Shutter Island, which was adapted in 2010 by Martin Scorsese. The Drop, starring Tom Hardy, was based on one of his short stories, which I believe was called. I always forget what it was called. Yeah, it's Animal Something. Yes. Correct. We will also have that in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, Gone Baby Gone, which was uh, directed by Ben Affleck. And that's... Um, and, yeah, that was one of the Kenzie and Gennaro. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I actually think... I think there's one other one. Live by Night? I think that one oh, okay. was another... Affleck movie. I have that book, but I have not read it yet. It's it's a little more. It's set slightly more in the past, like around oh, the okay. prohibition. Maybe I again fully don't know. Uh, I know it starts with a lot of baseball talk, so I just really wasn't like super into it. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe Affleck was at the very least in that movie. Okay. But yeah, definitely all of Hill's films are so great and like just like that list of directors is like wild <laughs> oh yeah i know right it's cool clint eastwood martin scorsese it's fine has yeah. leonardo dicaprio it's cool <laughs> <laughs> oh, shutter 
Island is also so good. I still haven't seen that one. Also, again, super great book, too. Uh, but yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know what Mystic River is about, uh, prepare to have your heart shattered. Um, yeah, <laughs> none of his novels slash the adaptations are uh, super light and fun. They <laughs> all tackle a lot of sad and serious issues. <laughs> yeah, like Mystic River is fully devastating and... <sighs> It was yeah. funny going back to this because I think I saw the movie back when it came out, like mm-hmm. originally in 2001, 2003. I think the film was 2003 and the novel was 2001. The novel was 2001. Yeah. Um, so like a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I couldn't remember all of the details of it, but I just remember knowing that that movie like destroyed me. Yeah. 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 I definitely remember like. Cause, yeah, because it was right after I finished film school. So, like, I'd read the book. I, I was, you know, like, really excited to watch it. And it was just like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so it revolves around uh, three boys who uh, grow up as friends in uh, kind of one of the Boston suburbs mm-hmm. um, in the north. Dave Boyle, Sean Devine, and Jimmy Marcus. When the story opens, uh, Dave is abducted by child molesters uh, while he, Sean, and Jimmy are just kind of playing around in the neighborhood. He does eventually escape, but obviously is damaged, uh, yeah. as they say. A lot Fully of the traumatized. Parents, you know, refer to him as damaged goods. Uh, the book, as well as then the movie, uh, jumps forward 25 years. Uh, Sean has become a homicide detective with uh, the state police. Jimmy's an ex-convict who has, owns a convenience store. And Dave is... He's there. Uh, you know, he has a family, <laughs> but yep. not... Not much else going on. Uh, Jimmy's daughter disappears and is found brutally murdered. And it kind of just sort of spins out from there. Dave is slightly connected. He comes home that same night covered in blood. And his wife is like, you know, kind of confused and scared by the whole thing. Sean ends up investigating the murder because it happened on like state property, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, and these like three childhood friends who had kind of, you know, ever since the abduction kind of very much like a beard apart are kind of all brought back together again. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> to devastating conclusions. Yes. So this is not spoiler free. We're just no, gonna this like, is your yeah, this yeah, is officially <laughs> your spoiler spoiler warning. And if yeah. if you care about spoilers, you definitely care about the spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> so um proceed with caution. Yeah. As an adaptation, I'll see, especially because, like, I just reread the book and then watched the movie, like, mm-hmm. pretty much back to back. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty much like, It's a fairly true adaptation. There's, I think it's an extremely faithful adaptation, given the length of the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's almost nothing that gets left out that that you think shouldn't be. Yeah, because I was trying to, like, sort of keep notes of, like, things that were different. So uh, in the book, Jimmy's daughter, Katie, uh, the one who's mm-hmm. murdered, she kind of had been seeing this other sort of, you know, tough guy, mob guy, whatever. Right. And, like, she had broken up with him. But, like, so, like, that was kind of mentioned. But, like, when you watch the movie in the story, it actually doesn't matter. Like, aside from creating a bit more of that sort of gang territory. Right. 
gangster mob sort of vibe in the book. Like it's not, it doesn't actually take away from anything. No, it doesn't. Yeah, the the only thing that I found particularly noticeable was you just didn't get as much of um, Annabeth's perspective. So uh, Jimmy Marcus's wife, mm-hmm. his second wife. I felt like you got a little bit more about her in the book than you did in the movie. But again, that's just by necessity of you only have so much time in a movie and it's much harder to jump around in perspectives than yeah. it is in a book. So... Mm-hmm. Well, that too, like, that's one thing that a lot of, um, like, if you look up the movie, there's a lot of stuff saying how, like, you know, even in the book, like, there's not a lot of female characters. And then in the movie, like, they're all even downplayed even more. Yes, absolutely. Because it's true, like, Annabeth is quite, her, her amount is, like, quite more, quite a lot more in the book, as well as Celeste, you get a lot more from her perspective. Absolutely. uh, Who is Dave Boyle's wife. And the only time that I th- I found I really noticed that it kind of mattered was at the end of the film, mm-hmm. literally like one of the very last scenes. She sort of has this moment of just like, you do what you have to do, because she obviously is very, very aware of all of the things that happen in that neighborhood and the things that her husband is capable of and yeah. has done and did just prior to mm-hmm. <laughs> that event. Uh, and she kind of, ha- yeah, like it sort of seems like this weird mob wife kind of speech. So it sort of seems a little weird, but like in the book, it was like, oh yeah, no, like she. Right. And I think that that was the part with Annabeth that really kind of threw me. Yeah. Was it. it... And I mean, not to say that, I mean, because throughout the book, they do make a few comments about how like she's a hard woman. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that sort of teased out a little bit more in the book and it sort of seems to come out of nowhere in the movie yeah so yes so yeah let's kind of dive in here a little bit so oh i just don't even know like (laughs) i know like where do you even start (laughs) i thought so I mean, I guess we should probably go through, like, how everything ends up playing out. Yes. So, uh, it starts with Jimmy's daughter being murdered. Uh, they're trying to find out who it is, uh, obviously, because the night before, Dave had seen her and her friends at the bar they were at. He came home with the blood on his hand, so his wife is sort of, like, questioning there. And every time he's talking to someone, you know, his hand's all, like, beat up. He's giving yeah. people. Well, different... and even before the whole, even before his wife Celeste finds out that Katie Marcus has been murdered, mm-hmm. she already doesn't believe his story. Like, there's something about it that she's like, "You're not telling me the whole truth." So she's already like, "Okay, you're not telling me the whole story here." And then that happens. Yeah. So it kind of like puts that extra seed of doubt in her. Mm-hmm. And so like that's happening. Obviously, Sean Devine, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he comes in. And he's investigating uh, with his sergeant, Whitey, who is played by Lawrence Fishburne. Um, that was one of the ones that I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, true. So Dave Boyle is um, Tim, Robbins. Tim Robbins. Sean Devine is Kevin Bacon. Uh, Jimmy Marcus. In the film, it's actually Mark Cum. Uh He is, or is it the other way around? Whichever way it is. Uh is Sean Penn and then Annabeth is 
What's her face? Laura Linney. Thank you. I always, always forget her name. Like, literally, like, <laughs> once a week I'll see her on something and be like, I always forget her And Celeste Boyle is Marsha Gay Harden. And then it kind of even, like, splinters up from there. Like, Katie, the daughter, is Emmy Rossum. Before Emmy Rossum was really anybody. Yeah. Because, like, this would have come out before The Day After Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she was also in, and this both were way before Shameless and all that other stuff. Oh, yeah. And who else was there? The guy that works in the convenience stores on CSI Miami. That's right. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, it's just kind of like all kinds of people peppered in here, there, and everywhere. But yes, so eventually the whole, it's kind of kicked off with, so... We know that Katie's going out with her friends because she and her mm-hmm. boyfriend, whom her dad, Jimmy, does not want her seeing, uh, to which no one knows why. He just says this thing no, about... we don't know right away Brendan why Harris, this is. Doesn't like him. Nothing. Uh, but So they're actually, like, running away to Vegas the next morning. And it's also Katie's half-sister's first communion. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so Katie is Jimmy's daughter from his first marriage, and that wife died while he was in prison. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. (laughs) So bad. Uh, But yeah, so like, Katie doesn't show up for her to work at the convenience store that morning. She doesn't show up to the first communion. Obviously, then everyone's crowded around this place because like her car was abandoned and all the police and state troopers and whatnot are there. And eventually, Jimmy and his brother's brothers-in-law brother-in-laws yeah um, brothers-in-law brothers-in-law i think so yeah i think so uh the savage brothers annabeth's brothers who are clearly like a super mob gang <laughs> oh yeah um show up and we know that it's katie and in the book and in the film it is just oh the most gut-wrenching it's devastating devastating thing of like this father finding out that his daughter is murdered and like oh especially in the film like because you get the whole oh yes sorry we have a little podcat action here <laughs> um you know sean penn and kevin bacon like kevin bacon realizes that you know it's his childhood friend's daughter um jimmy and like val and them like bust through and they're able to get through and like six to eight police officers are both holding or holding oh, each of them back each of them down yeah you know in like in the novel it was really i thought it was written really well and just kind of that describing of like they sent like one over but actually they needed like seven to hold them down apparently sean penn actually they had oxygen off to the side for him oh wow so like after every take because he was literally just giving it everything and like i mean you can tell screaming yeah. this like guttural yeah it's rough it is rough I thought that was one of the kind of like one of the scenes that was just done really well like comparing the book to the movie yeah Yeah, extremely well done and I mean like Sean Penn is incredible so yes yeah Yeah. he did win the Oscar for this role yes he did and so then it kind of like follows along from there you know Sean Devine and a sergeant are trying to find the killer and they're going through the typical 
Yeah, they're yeah. like trying to conduct their investigation. Well, in the meantime, Jimmy is also sending out the Savage Brothers to talk to anybody who might have information. Mm-hmm. And little, because we don't need to like go into all the, like Mm-mm. the entire plot, but like there's little tidbits of things. So Brendan Harris, Katie's boyfriend that she's going to run away with, uh, his father was known as just Ray. He like mysteriously disappeared um, shortly after Jimmy got out of prison. And what we eventually learn is that just Ray basically flipped on Jimmy and that was why Jimmy went to prison for the two years. And like, that was right when his daughter was little and his wife got sick. So it was kind of the worst two years. And no one really knows what happened to just Ray. He disappeared, but his wife and the boys get money every month. And there are suspicions. There's definitely, there there are definitely suspicions. And so as this continues and everyone's trying to figure out what's happening, obviously all the suspicions start flying about Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're originally questioning Brendan Harris. Cause they're like, maybe it was this guy mm-hmm. in the book there. They have the suspect of her old boyfriend. Yes. Because he was very violent and he didn't like the fact that she'd broken up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it all sort of starts to lead back to Dave in weird sort of very circumstantial ways, not any hard evidence, really. Yeah, and because he, like, Tim Robbins, who plays Dave in the movie, also won the Oscar. Yes, he did. Because uh, it's this weird character of, like, he's such a shell of a person mm-hmm. because of what happened to him in his childhood. But then also he kind of has these moments of just, like, being really cocky and like both yes. in the film and the book like when there's one point where he's being like officially questioned by the police like they have brought him to the station yes because they've impounded his car yeah and found like blood which in it they and stuff. took because he said it was quote-unquote stolen mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> which is why they were able to bring it in except that that ends up being dave's loophole of <laughs> yeah i don't know why there's blood in my trunk exactly obviously yeah, whoever stolen. stole it was up to no good <laughs> And just, like, all these little moments. And I think that he also always refers sort of to himself as the boy. Like, mm-hmm. in his, in himself, he's, he's like, two people. He's Dave and he's the boy. And you never really know. It's hard to tell, like, which one it is because he's often, like, talking about, you know, when he refers to, like, the wolves who were, like, the guys that had abducted him. And it's just the, like, you can tell that, like, maybe he's sort of like them or he's worried that he's going to be like them. Yes. And. Again, you get more of that in the book because you get more of his internal thought mm. process, whereas you can't do that as well in, in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so just from all of that, from his little moments of kind of being sketchy and whatnot. Eventually his wife goes to Jimmy and Mm -hmm. tells him what happened that night. Like Dave came home later than he told the police. He was covered in blood. He said it was a mugger, but like, I didn't believe any of that, which kind of is just that like final nail for Jimmy to be like, Oh no, like Dave did this. Yeah. 
Well, he he asks her point blank too, like, "Do you think yeah. he killed Katie?" Oh. And she says yes. Just rough. It's uh, very rough. So then, Dave goes drinking with the Savage Brothers, and mm-hmm. Jimmy eventually shows up, and we kind of learn what happened to just Ray Harris. Yep. Uh, in that Jimmy knew that he rolled on him, and they did the exact same thing took him drinking to this place and killed him and he is somewhere in the the mystic river somewhere in the mystic river uh and the same thing happens to dave Mm -hmm. and it's it's so hard because in both versions like dave's going back and forth like trying to explain some of the bits from childhood but then some of the bits of like how it wasn't a mugger he saw some guy with like basically like a male child prostitute and it was kind of triggering all of those memories and then jimmy says like just just tell me you did it and i'll like i'll let you go you live which of course is a lie right so dave thinking you know yeah he'll just say he did it and figure it out from there so that he can at least be alive Mm-hmm. says he did it and then yep. Jimmy kills him yes. while this is happening Sean aka Kevin Bacon finds out that it's actually just Ray Harris's youngest son Silent Ray so basically they've been able to trace a gun the gun that was used to kill Katie Marcus back to a robbery mm-hmm. at this liquor store like years ago Yeah, and they figure out that it was the gun belonged to just Ray Harris. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it slowly starts to reveal, because they're questioning Brendan Harris about it, and Brendan's saying, no, he doesn't have a gun, he doesn't have a gun, even though mm-hmm. he knows that he does, but then he goes home to look for it, and the gun is missing. And so, like, now his suspicions of it being his brother yeah. come to light, and it's... Oh, that's in... also awful. In both the book and the movie, like that scene where he's confronting his brother and his brother's friend, and then like Sean Devine and Whitey like come in and kind of like save Brennan's life because the friend is like, oh, like kill waving him and, a gun at them. Oh, and just, but yeah, so they end up, they realize who it is. They also then learn that there was this man that was murdered and like shoved in his car and had something to do with possibly like a male prostitute and they were questioning they wanted to question dave about it oh my god so like it ends mm-hmm. in this conversation between sean and jimmy of like sean explaining yeah. to jimmy that they've caught everyone and all these things jimmy obviously starting to feel regret for what he did realizing that he made a mistake yeah but also then sean clearly knowing yes that jimmy has done something to dave and like especially in the film because they're like standing on that same street where they had where mm-hmm. dave had been abducted and they stand and like the camera pans around and it's all just like this beautiful stuff but jimmy puts his arm his like his hand on sean's shoulder and just says like if only you had been a little bit faster yeah or whatever and it was just like ugh. yeah I know it's really awful it's just like gutting yeah 
and it kind of like it's sort of weird so like and like a few things because I was trying to like look up stuff and read things and obviously people are just like why didn't Sean like you know arrest Jimmy or this or that and I think that just seems like a very you know quote unquote neighborhood thing and like that but also I mean I think this is described in the book too mm-hmm. better Sean knows that Jimmy did this in such a way that there is going to be nothing to tie him to the murder. Yeah, unless they happen to actually, like, find that body, there's still going to be no way to, yeah. to tie him to it. Like, and... they, won't be able to, they won't be able to convict him. Yeah. And, and it's just this thing where the three of them have been tied together since they were, like, what is it, like, 10 or 11? Yeah, something like that. And they always will be... And, you know, they kind of even make note. They all kind of, at different points, sort of say how, like, they've actually died that day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 25 years ago. So it's just, like, the whole book and the movie is just this, like, epically crushing mystery that gets solved. But then, like, you're just kind of left, like, yeah, splayed open, like, ugh. Pretty much. This is why I love Dennis Lane. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen any of the, the other films or read any of the other books, like, this is basically what you're getting every time. <laughs> it often has something to do with some sort of child abuse. Um, the one thing they did do in the book, they made it like explicit that they thought these were police officers. And in the film... Right. They actually had one, like, they still thought they were police officers, but the one, or, like, something that sort of seemed like police officers, but the one guy had some sort of, like, bishop ring, or some sort of yeah, like, like Catholic-type situation, yes. something going on, which really is just, like, a blatant thing oh, yeah. at the whole, like, Boston Absolutely. Catholic diocese, blah, blah, whatever. For sure. Which, I mean, hey, fair. <laughs> Definitely. It's just, like... I just love the book and the movie so much, even though they're so They're both extremely well done. Um, <laughs> and I, because it had been so long since I had seen the movie, mm-hmm. and I read the book first this time when I was yeah. revisiting it, um, I had forgotten a lot of the details, but it still seemed like the book or the movie had been really true to the book. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, watching the film, I was like, oh, yeah, actually, this is... It was really close. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't remember if I was just picturing that way because I'd already seen the film, even though it was so long ago. But I actually think it's just just really well done both ways. Yeah, and, like, in both cases, they're sort of... I guess, like, Jimmy's slightly the more main character, but it's all Dave, Sean, and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. You get sort of those moments where they're each the narrator of their own little, like, parts... Uh, you know, we get, we dive in a little bit more to Sean in the book. You do meet his parents, but the whole thing with his wife slash oh, ex-wife, yeah, you know, calling and hanging up, that's happening. And that's done very well in the movie too. Yeah, kinda, that's like, true. It is. You don't really like see her. You just often see like shadows or her like lips or something. And, you know, like the stuff with Dave and his son and like, I think writing and even in a film like it's hard to have three equally main characters but 
for sure both of these versions do it very well yeah um even in the book like when we're with celeste or annabeth or at the beginning you get a lot more of katie's night before she's murdered Mm -hmm. and but it's never like weird or confusing like you still no not at all and i was kind of like i was trying to think like as i was reading the book again and going through like it's not really marked in any way to like no, really know like very what chapter yeah like who you're switching with. yeah points of view mm-hmm. yeah because yeah jimmy sean and dave are definitely the main pov characters but in the book you do get little snippets from other characters as well mm-hmm. oh it's just so good <laughs> right um aside from that uh what did you think you know like of the writing or the structure or any of those kinds of things that we often talk about? Um, I mean, I think the structure works very well with the multiple points of view. Um, I think that that's something that's hard to pull off effectively Yeah. without it seeming like you're kind of all over the place. Like I know sometimes I have a hard time when you're switching between characters like that, but it all works really, really well in this. Um, Unlike that last book in really... the Divergent Sorry? series, oh, that the last book in the Divergent series, every chapter it switches between what's her face and like the main guy. Okay. But there's nothing to tell you that, so you always end up like five pages in, and then you're like, oh wait, that's the other person. And you have to like go back and reread it because you're picturing the wrong person. Oh, weird. Is it is it a first person? Yeah. Narrative. Yeah. See, that's why if I, there's multiple points of view. You either need something that tells you which character you're with if it's first person. Mm-hmm. Or if it's third person, it becomes clear pretty quickly who whose yeah. point of view it is. Yeah. Right? Like a close third person point of view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think he's also just like really good at establishing like the mood and the atmosphere and the setting. Oh, Yeah. Which I think is why the film was able to translate it as well as it did. Because it was kind of all already there to pull from. Like you had this very clear idea of what things were supposed to look like and how everything was supposed to feel and, you know? And because like it didn't, it didn't seem like a movie. Like as I'm, well, I'm sure there was like some CGI or this or that or whatever, like it just felt like you were in that neighborhood. That's how the people lived. That's what the convenience store looked like. Um, although it was actually, the convenience store was actually filmed in Southie, which is very far away from where uh, Buckingham <laughs> Flats is supposed to be. Um, little movie tour that I went on in Boston. Nice. Uh, fun fact. <laughs> uh, but all that stuff, right? Like it just, you know, it felt very natural. You were just with these people it didn't have that sort of glitz and glam of Hollywood, whatever it no, was. No, totally. Which I think is one of the best parts about the book and the film is that it just felt so real. Absolutely. It definitely feels real. Yeah. yeah. And he's very good, like, descriptively. Because it's mm-hmm. very descriptive, but it never feels, like, overly descriptive. It's always very kind of to the point. Yeah, it never feels that, like he's talking about a tree and it's been three pages and he's describing no. every piece of and everything he bark does or something. describe, <laughs> whether it's 
like whether it's something about the neighborhood that they live in or something about the way something looks in a house or like the way somebody is behaving or like even if it seems like a little tangential story it always comes back into helping establish this mood and this atmosphere and the setting and really pulling you into this world that the characters live in yeah 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 this is I'll just keep saying it. This is why he's one of my favorite authors. <laughs> um, aside from the fact that I also love Boston and, Boston and all of his <laughs> novels of take place in and around Boston. Of course. Um, but yeah, they're also just, as I've said, soul-crushing, which, you know, that's that's my preferred genre. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so as we've sort of discussed, uh, the theme... Oh, the, the themes of the novel and the film are, again... Not sunshine and sparkles. Nope. What would what would you say some of the main themes are? I mean, well, I like jotted down a bunch when I was making notes, so I'm mm-hmm. just gonna list them yeah. for you. Uh, so I was saying family, love, loyalty, betrayal, forgiveness, vengeance, and of course trauma. I think the family one is just like because they all. They also are sort of like interconnected. So Jimmy's second wife, Annabeth, her yeah. cousin is Dave Boyle's yes. wife. So they actually are kind of related like that. And the end is so sad for like, Ugh. Celeste knows something's happened to Dave. It's just her yep. and her son. And there's this like parade and everyone's out on the streets. And like, everyone's just kind of like shut her out because... Yeah. Sean and his wife end up back together with the baby. Like in the book, it may or may not be his. In the film, that's not really. Yeah, they sort of don't even mention that. Yeah. And like he kind of ignores her. And then like she looks to Annabeth for this moment of like. Because you kind of feel like she knows that Jimmy did something. Oh, yeah. Annabeth, who's supposed to be her cousin, just like goes about her business, ignores her. It's so brutal. And she's just, like, running up the street, like, trying to wave at her son as he goes past on, like, the one float. And, like, ugh. Yeah. And so much, like, it, and it comes up so often, too, because, again, Katie isn't Annabeth. She's not actually the Savage Brothers' niece. But, like, they all right. continually, like, say, you know, it's not by blood, but, like, she's family. But like she's family, you're still yeah. part of, like, it's, and all these, like, family things. And obviously, like, that's why they do certain things, because it's family so therefore we have to like we're gonna beat the shit of this person or the, like whatever it is mm-hmm. Ugh. yeah wild yep <laughs> truly and again that definitely is something that comes up in a lot of his other books as well like that that sort of family theme slash question right uh, especially in gone baby gone if you really want to have your soul crushed watch that movie or read the book but also just like watch the movie yikes that that one i'm that one i for sure had watched the movie first and i didn't realize that it was actually like a series of books right and it has morgan freeman uh casey affleck What's her face? Is it Michelle Monaghan? It's always her and another one that I get mixed up. 
I think it's Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember who plays Morgan Friedman's wife. And, like, that was, like, the first scene that, like, Ben Affleck directed or whatever. And it's amazing. And then you get to the end and, like... Like, if you thought the ending of this with, like, Jimmy killing Dave and then everyone learning that Dave didn't do it or whatever, like, this is, like, yeah, cake and sprinkles. <laughs> yeah. Cake and sprinkles. <laughs> uh, compared to Gone Baby Gone. Um, so, of course, now that it made it sound really great, uh, you should watch it. <laughs> but it's just, like, you just, you just have to be prepared to know that, like, no, stuff's for coming sure. yeah Ugh. absolutely that's so good Dennis Lane is amazing uh would you recommend this novel or this movie to people absolutely I mean like obviously with the preface of everything mm-hmm. <sighs> like <laughs> I know. really think you should read this book <laughs> it's totally like, fine not a feel good you know mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna devastate you but it's very well done and I would say even if you've seen the film, it's still worth reading the book. For sure. Because the way it all plays out, and again, I don't know if this is just because it had been so long since I'd seen it that I had forgotten a lot of the details. Like, I didn't actually remember who had killed Katie mm. until they figured out the whole thing with the gun, which... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's pretty far on. It is pretty far on. Again, it's been like 17 years since I've seen this, <laughs> That's which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, but yeah, I would say it's still, it's still worth reading, especially I think because the film came out long enough ago and it's not the kind of film that you rewatch <laughs> for funsies. You know what? It's like Tuesday. We should just like watch Mystic Baby. <laughs> So, you know, if you haven't, I mean, if you've listened to this episode, you know what happens. Yes. But if you haven't seen it since it came out, I would absolutely recommend reading the book. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of bookish people just, like, hate adaptations. Because, obviously, like, percentage-wise, yes, most of them aren't great. Yeah. Or they substantially change things. So, like... I feel like there's some that do change stuff, but as a film are still really good. And then there's some that are just, like, bad and whatever. But, For like, sure. this is so good. The Martian is so good. Like, both ways. Yeah. Um, and just, like, this one where, like, yeah, some stuff was kind of left out or, you know, slightly altered. In The Martian, you know, like, yeah, some of the science is left out, but... And I think like a hint of the end is like maybe changed but not in a way that like is upsetting in any way whatsoever right and I'm I'm really enjoying this trend of limited series adaptations of books yes for the way that it allows you to go deeper into the actual book itself when I think that kind of is saving that whole thing because in movie again on average you only have two hours to go through like mm-hmm. 300 to 500 pages so yeah they do end up leaving out huge chunks and of course obviously you know in series like things that shall not be named um you know they have to leave stuff out 
because even with that, like, they made an extra movie and they're all, like, seven hours long and, like, all of these things. But the series yeah. does give you that little, you know, we did the episode on Sharp Objects. No, wait, which one? I'm getting yeah. confused. Yes, Sharp, Sharp Objects. objects. Uh, although I feel like Dark Places is going to be a movie or something like that. Um, Sharp Objects Gillian was Finn. extremely well done. Oh, yes. Um, I was thinking specifically of that when I was thinking yeah. of series adaptations. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't watched it yet, but, like, everyone's raving about Watchmen and... Oh, yeah, I need to watch that still as well. Yeah. And I was thinking about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Me too. There's so many of those. <laughs> we're the same person. Um, <laughs> it's because quarantine's been too long and we're not in the same room I mean, together. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. It definitely gives that little bit more like room to play and room to live with the characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that one of the reasons this one works particularly well and the reason any adaptation works particularly well even if they change things is if it holds on to if it keeps true to the mood mm-hmm. of the book because yeah like even if like that makes sense for sure and like this this entire film is like washed out it's you know, right. The yeah, the temperature is flipped to cold. It's desaturated. Everything's gray, blue, not like you know browns, blacks, whatever. I'm trying to think like, was there anything that even had like a lot of color on it? You know, like aside from you know the convenience store sign has like red on it. Like there's almost nothing. Like no one's wearing no, you know true. a bright red shirt or a lime green anything. Like it's just. And that is the one, like, that's one way that I especially love that film can capture those moods of a book. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think sometimes that that is what happens with poor film adaptations is they just didn't get the mood right. Yeah. Because I feel like readers, or at least personally for myself, I know that I will forgive a lot of changes if I think they make sense to the storytelling style of a film. Like it's just necessarily different than a book because you don't have the same kind of internal Mm -hmm. landscape of the characters. You just can't because you can't be inside their head unless they're like monologuing inside their head in film, which is not what a film is doing. So yeah, that's not what you want. Well, I think like, but as long as it feels the same, Mm -hmm. because then I'm like, okay, cool. Totally. I feel like, I again, I don't 100% remember just because I didn't think about this prior to this. But, like, in The Martian at the end, the person that actually gets him back into the right spaceship, for lack of a better word, um, <laughs> it's not the, she's a captain, whatever she is. Okay. I, I don't think it's her... Or something like that. Whereas, like, for in the movie, obviously it makes sense that it's her because it's a movie. And, like, you need to have that emotional, like, she feels guilty. So, like, she's the one that saves him. And, like, but it doesn't actually really change anything. Like, they went back for him. They saved him. Like. As long as it's not changing anything substantial. Yeah. Like, in, in a way that changes meaning or in a way that sort of flips your understanding of the characters on its head. Yeah. Because the. That happens sometimes, and then I just don't understand why they did that. 
Do you have like, I mean, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Do you have an example of one that just like is awful? I'm trying to think mm. of one because I know there are examples. Well, I think because again, as I said, this is my like sort of favorite category. And again, this was like since film school, like we had an entire class that was called film and literature and we would often, mm-hmm. you know, read one or something by that author and then like watch something else or whatever. Um, and yeah, basically anything, if I've seen a movie and I liked it and I realized that there's a book, like I go find the book and I want to read it too. Like even though I know right. it's going to happen and vice versa. And I think, I feel like in general, I'm definitely much more forgiving than like most people when it comes to like the differences and this and that. But maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that I'm like this or all of the other Dennis Lehane ones. Like I'm already so sold and like so bought in that I can get wrapped up in the yeah, slightly different version of the story or because yeah like Shutter Island I know there's differences but like I, can, I mean I haven't read nor watched it in a long time so like I can't really remember but like either way like you know the second I started I was in well and it's just like I mean the virgin suicides um, definitely some of the like a lot of the details are different I think or like the way the story plays out is different mm-hmm. um but again, it's very, very good at capturing the entire mood and feel of that book. Mm-hmm. Same with Gone Girl. Like, that's another, like, probably top five adaptations gone right. Or to give another example, Practical Magic, which absolutely fully deviates from the book. Right. Like, in a yeah. massive way. To the point that they're almost two completely different stories. Mm-hmm. But, and I mean, to be fair, I, I loved the movie before I loved the book, mm-hmm. but reading the book and having it be that different didn't really bother me at all. Yeah. I just love them both for different reasons, and they still, again, have the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Oh. And I still can't find one that I thought did it badly, so. It's because we've pushed them out of our mind. Probably. <laughs> I tend to do that when I don't like things. I'm just like, I'm going to forget this exists because I'm mad at it yeah so <laughs> possibly I just don't remember I love it oh but yes moral of this story read Mystic River totally watch Mystic River and just but like be ready <laughs> oh definitely be ready <laughs> and yeah even you know now that you've listened to this and we've perhaps spoiled things like they're still absolutely 100% worth reading and watching absolutely <laughs> oh our next episode Ooh. oh wait i do know what it is because <laughs> <laughs> aren't we talking about mystery yeah mystery thriller so like i think so uh, kind of in keeping with the theme yeah, here a lot of the dennis lahane i'm sure will come back up again mystery um, august yes oh i love it done mystery <laughs> august sweet Uh, But yeah, we will be back in two weeks with our discussion of mystery and thrillers. Be sure to hit us up on social media, another book pod, another book podcast. Uh, Let us know what you think of Mystic River. If you have any recommendations for mystery and thrillers and whatnot that we can talk about, send us over there. Uh, We are currently updating our website for super beyond awesomeness. Uh, Getting there slowly but surely. Yes. Uh, but in the meantime, you can still uh, click on the WordPress version and see some stuff or just, you know, follow us on Instagram. We are 
doing a lot of story takeovers and all kinds of fun stuff there. And uh, by the time you're listening to this, our giveaway will have been announced. Yay! Uh, so in celebration of 500 followers, uh, we are doing a little something special over there. So be sure to hit us up there and we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>